0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers. We do every Monday through Friday, your team every day. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show on YouTube, which is very important because today is Thursday where I'm doing the weekly mailbag instead of on Friday because the NFL schedule gets released around 8 o'clock tonight. I know there's a bunch of real leaks, a bunch of fake leaks that are going on currently, but tonight on the Locktime Panthers YouTube channel, I will be going live. To react to the actual dates, we already know the schedule. We just don't know when the games are going to be played. So we'll talk about that, break down the first half, second half, some of the toughest stretches the Panthers might have. We have no idea how it's going to happen because the NFL – kind of, you know, a lot of turnover teams that were good last year, aren't great. It's meant for every team to go 500, but either way, we'll talk about the schedule and our reactions. Well, really my reactions and your reactions as we have the live chats, make sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube. So you don't miss when I go live, probably around eight 30 tonight. Not really sure when the full Panther schedule will be out, but we will talk about that there later on. Now, if you missed the live show, or any live shows, that's okay. You can check out the podcast over on Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Odyssey. Every one of the live shows is later on found on those locations. So rate review and subscribe there. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. So next week you can participate in the weekly Friday mailbag that will actually take place on a Friday. So either at me at Julian Council on Twitter, DM me at Julian Council on Twitter, or leave a comment on a YouTube show from that week. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Another edition of the weekly Friday Mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. We'll start off with Travis who asked, next year, if Matt Corral or Sam Darnold isn't the guy for 2023, do you think it would be better to get another vet instead of a rookie? And if so, who should we target? So basically, you're asking like if Matt Corral gets an opportunity or the organization doesn't think that he should be the start in 2023. And then Sam Darnold, who's only under contract for the remainder of this upcoming season. If he's gone, then should the Panthers either draft a rookie or the rookie draft class coming up next year. There's names like CJ Stroud at Ohio state. There's price young, the Heisman trophy winner of Alabama. Will Levis from Kentucky is getting a lot of hype and buzz. Anthony Richardson from Florida. Could any of those guys be up there available for the Panthers? They wanted them. Or you think that they make more sense to bring in a vet? I don't know. Honestly, I'm just looking at the NFL market right now. Like Baker Mayfield is a name that they talk about who would be available next year. Jimmy Garoppolo is a name that we've talked about that would be available next year you have no idea what's going to happen with kyler murray and the arizona Cardinals situation if i'm arizona if kyler really thinks that he's that guy okay you don't have nuke hopkins for the next or for the first six weeks of the season if you really can carry the team let's see it so maybe things deteriorate down there with kyler in arizona and he might be someone the panthers could target and he would be a veteran other than that It's really hard to know what the quarterback market will look like. We knew this time uh, last year after Aaron Aaron Rodgers wasn't figuring things out in Green Bay, but going throughout the entire season, we knew that it was likely that he would be available, that potentially that Russell Wilson could be available. I don't know if there's any quarterbacks right now out in the market that have the kind of success that they've had that would, in fact, be available for the Panthers potentially target next year. So I don't know what the quarterback market's going to look like. And that's the scary and exciting part about how the NFL has operated the last two off seasons where the quarterback carousel has just been insane. All right, moving on now to Paul. Said, hey, Julian. Hey, Paul. My question is, is it smart to bring back James Bradbury? I saw the news on Monday of him being cut. He's only 28 and is still a good corner. That would provide another good solid starter in that room. I am for it other than the amount he might cost. Also, who is best Panther of all time, in your opinion, minus Cam? It would be Luke if he played for five more years. And what are your? And then okay, Percy also has another question um, along with Paul. That's the same question. What are your thoughts on bringing back James Bradbury? That position group needs one more impact player. And I don't disagree with that. You look at it right now here in early May or mid-May, I guess, as Carolina Panthers go ahead into into rookie minicamp this week, the OTAs, in mandatory minicamp. The guys are already there for the offseason program uh, that's going on at Bank of America Stadium, really on Main Street, at the Atrium Health Bubble and outside. Um, Yeah, J.C. Horn going to start. Dante Jackson, who came back, going to start. C.J. Henderson will get snaps. You'll see Miles Hartsfield out there. I'm sure Keith Taylor will get an opportunity. I don't know where Rashawn Melvin fits in. The seventh round pick, Kalen Barnes, Dan Thomas Oliver. You look at the season, you like the top two guys in Horn, and you, of course, you like uh, Dante Jackson. Hopefully, Henderson can come along this offseason and turn into a reliable player as well as a third corner for this team. We don't really know. There's not a lot of proven guys. Now, the thing with James Bradbury is, yes, he's going to cost a lot of money. And I would think of a contender like Kansas City, who we talked about the other day, uh, Baltimore, uh, Philadelphia, those kind of teams. Uh, that they were going to try and pay whatever it takes to get James Bradbury. He's going to likely command 11, 12, maybe more than that million dollars this upcoming season. The Panthers surely have the cap space, but does he fit the defense that they want to run back in 2020? Just based off of necessity, they played a lot of zone last year. They played among the most man in the NFL and James Bradbury playing the zone scheme here previously in Carolina is more of a zone corner. So I don't know if he fits what Phil Snow wants to do and really what the Carolina Panthers want to do with their corners moving forward. So I don't know and I don't think that he would be coming back here to Carolina as far as he's the best Panther of all time. I mean, Cam certainly might have had the largest impact of any of the Panthers just based off of, you know, the Panthers being an organization that was terrible when he – well not I mean, they had – obviously Carolina had great years, but they were terrible when he got here. And then he made them super relevant to where they had never been as relevant as they were with Cam Newton here in town. And I don't know if Luke needed to play five more years. I think Luke's going to be a Hall of Famer. So if you go based off of that, and Cam, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a Hall of Famer. We've had the conversation. I'm sure the conversation will continue to be had in the future. Maybe Luke Keekly. I don't really have a best one. I think, obviously, Smitty was one of the greatest of all time here. Julius Peppers, that he played here through the bulk of his uh, prime, would be, I think, a no-brainer. He would be the best one. So there's plenty of options. But uh, whoever you think is the best, that works for me. All right, Ian uh Ian said big fan of the, f- of the show I think you do an incredible job I always appreciate your thoughtfulness and honest opinions when it comes to our beloved Panthers thank you Ian for the Friday mailbag my question is simple why does it seem like there's nothing but chaos surrounding Tepper sports and entertainment and is it really as bad as it looks on the outside that was word that was wordy on my part so I feel free to shorten this whole thing but you didn't of course um no big no no problem Ian it's it's a good question because that's the thing. When I was saying, "Hey, David Tepper, we probably need to hear from you, man. Like, why is Matt Rule still here? Why did you go after Deshaun Watson? And what the hell's going on in Rock Hill?" He didn't want to answer any Rock Hill questions out of respect to, uh, to Rock Hill. Deshaun Watson is on another team, the Cleveland Browns, so he could hide behind. I can't talk about other players and other teams because that's tampering. And he did answer the question about Matt Rule, and we saw. I think it was Monday of this week where Nick Kelly who had been the president of Charlotte FC, then became the CEO of Tepper Sports and Entertainment when Tom Glick, who originally was the CEO, mysteriously left. He became the CEO back in February and lasted a whole three months on the job. So it is weird that someone who is seen as a rising star in a sports entertainment business in America, who left a good job at Anheuser-Busch to come here to be the president of Charlotte FC, then ascends in, what, less than a year's time to CEO of Tepper Sports and Entertainment. For him now to leave, it is weird. You wonder, maybe is he the fall guy for the Rock Hill deal? I don't see how that could be possible. It was Rock Hill's fault from everything I read from Eric Spanberger, the of the Charlotte Business Journal, that things didn't get worked out as far as issuing the bonds. Yes, David Sepper has the money to do it, but they had an agreement and things changed the pandemic, and they have not come to an agreement right now. I do think at the end of the day, it will get worked out because Rock Hill doesn't want that stain, and David Sepper owns the land and can't just leave a half-built structure sitting there to be an eyesore for folks who drive around the area like just get it done they w- they will but it is not great for them to lose glick who was instrumental in bringing the mls here and had those prior soccer relationships and now to lose nick kelly who also has a fine reputation in his own right as far as next candidates i don't see why anyone would want to take this job when you see what's happened with the last two guys who hey it came out that Kelly stepped down on his own merit, wanted to do it himself. I don't know what really happened. Maybe we'll find out, but we have not found out anything as far as it goes to Tom Glick. So it is weird what's going on with Tepper Sports and Entertainment. It doesn't help that the Panthers have been a mess. Now, they look like they're heading in the right direction as far as team building. We'll see what happens at quarterback and, of course, this upcoming season. And Charlotte FC has had success so far in their inaugural season in MLS. But really, what the hell is going on there over on Mint Street? I don't know. All right, let's take a quick pause, and I'll answer more of your questions here on this Thursday edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wide door opt-in, pointless or seemingly intimidating, questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers of access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. I'm talking about your smartphone, folks. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? No, so we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card. All right, back to your questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on a Thursday because Friday's show will be tonight's live show as I react to. The schedule released. The schedule is already out. We'll see the dates and most importantly, when Panthers plan Thursday and when their bye week is. Uh, what two Sundays do I have off? That's my main concern. Um, either way, we'll get into it and we'll break it down later live here on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. That's why you need to click the subscribe button right down there so you don't miss it. And you can always check it out later on on your favorite podcast platform. Moving on, Jake says, or he asks, should the Panthers trade for Baker anymore or Should they have drafted Evan Neal over Icky Aquano? I'll start with the second question. The Carolina Panthers, as we all know, had the entire offensive board available to them at sixth overall. A year ago, they had the entire defensive board available to them at eighth overall, and they took J.C. Horn. This year, they took Icky Aquano. I would think that the Panthers got the guy that they wanted and that he was rated higher on their board than Evan Neal. So I'm not going to say that they should have drafted Evan Neal. We can always play the hindsight's 2020 game later on, depending upon how their careers go. But Ike Aquano coming out of the combine, there was talks that he should be the number one pick, or he might be the best player in this draft. And the Panthers got him at six, not so much of that conversation surrounding Evan Neal over the draft pre- period that we just got out of the last couple of months. So no, I don't think the Panthers should have drafted Evan Neal over Icky Aquano. As far as Baker Mayfield, as Gio Cena Anderson reported earlier this week, and I talked about I believe on Tuesday's show, the door is not 100% shut on the Panthers going out there and getting Baker Mayfield. And Joe Person of The Athletic also wrote recently that potentially the Carolina Panthers could still be interested at the right price in adding a veteran quarterback, whether that be Baker Mayfield, who they've had talks about with the Cleveland Browns, or Jimmy Garoppolo, who's still trying to recover from shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder, or that could be Nick Foles. They are still going to look. I think for the Carolina Panthers, what they want to do is do their due diligence and see what Matt Corral looks like, what Sam Darnold looks like throughout OTAs and mandatory minicamp. And if they don't like what they see, similar to what what I've said about San Francisco, they don't like what they see in Trey Lance, then they might want to move towards trying to trade for Baker or trade for Garoppolo, even though those guys would be coming in later on in the process and would not have been here through the initial installation of Ben McAdoo's offense. So I don't think that they should necessarily trade for Baker, but if they are truly all about going slow with Matt Corral, he's not a competition to Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold needs someone to push him this upcoming or this this leading into the season. And from everything that they've talked about, Corral's not really being brought here to do that this year. And we know P.J. Walker isn't going to push him, so who can? Maybe that could be Baker. All right, moving on now to Brad. Do you think Matt Corral will become the starter at some point this season? If you go out for the last four seasons of Sam Darnold's career, really the only four seasons of his career, he's never played a full 16 game or 17 game season. So Sam Darnold's going to miss time. We've seen that PJ Walker can come in and can help you win a game. When called upon to be the starting quarterback, the defensive performances against Detroit in 2020, and then last year on the road at Arizona have absolutely aided in his ability to help them win. He's turned the football over three times in those wins, but he is, 2-0 is a starting quarterback in a national football league. And I know how a lot of people out there love the QB win stats. He's done his job. And I appreciate that about P.J. Walker. Now, the question is, will P.J. Walker even be the backup quarterback this season? Or will he be beaten out by Matt Corral? I don't know. We'll see what happens over the next couple of months here in Carolina as we lead into the 2022 season. I would say if PJ's on the roster and it's carry three quarterbacks, meaning Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker and Matt Corral, I would think that we probably would see P.J. Walker start before we saw Matt Corral. It also depends on at what point in the season we're at. If it's early on, I'd say it would be P.J. If it's later on, and it might be Matt Corral. If they think he's ready, they're not going to just throw him out there like a couple years ago with an old staff where they threw in. That was Perry Fuel, who was the interim after they fired Ron Rivera, when Will Greer f- started the final two weeks of the season at Indianapolis at a home against New Orleans. And we saw... How that worked out now expectations are completely different for corral than they were from will greer now some people thought will greer was going to be the guy who's usurped the throne from cam newton and as we saw that did not happen and that was never going to happen so maybe maybe matt corral started at some point this season i'm not going to go out and say definitive yes or no at this point in time all right we have Vietnam 26 remember guys let me know what your real name is um no handles uh but he says he asked what do coaches look for in position battles? How do they make the decision of who starts or not? Could Corral force the staff to start him similar to what Wilson did to Matt Flynn in Seattle? So I'm, I think you're really wondering like what they look for in a position battle at quarterback. Well, clearly grasping the offense will be important when it comes to this quarterback battle. Like Sam Darnold, he's sitting there. He's been in NFL offenses before. He knows how to retain that knowledge. Matt Corral, obviously smart guy. He's going to have to have a little bit longer of a learning period trying to figure out how to exactly operate the NFL offense and understand the speed of the game. It's being caught up with that. It's also leadership. You know, who are the guys that the team follows? You get in that huddle, do do those guys look at you as someone who they can get behind and who they believe in? I think that's some of the things they look for. Obviously, cutting down on turnovers, that's a massive uh, issue. At the quarterback position here in Carolina over the last couple of seasons. Is one of the guys going to be able to take care of the football? So you don't have the ball, you can't have success on offense. And Sam Darnold, as we know, has struggled. Can Matt Corral, who did struggle back in 2020 with interceptions, can he come in and take care of the football and operate and execute the offense? Those are some of the things that they'll be looking for. And it's possible, as Scott Fitter has kind of alluded to in the past, that, hey, in Seattle, we got Russell. And you know Russ won the job, and then we ran with him. And it's important to get your own guy and develop him. I don't think Seattle thought once it, when they signed Matt Flynn and, and drafted Russell Wilson that Russell would come out and win the starting job. I don't know if Carolina thinks that with uh Sam Donald here, who they plan on being their starter right now, that they drafted Matt Corral and he's going to come in and win the starting job. I don't think that's their plan, but it's very possible that that could happen. That Matt Corral comes in is the best clear best option for the Panthers. And he's obviously young. He's the guy they drafted and they decide, yeah, he's our starter. It could happen. I I, w- I don't think that I don't think that would necessarily surprise me. I don't I don't think that's going to happen per se, but uh, it, it's hey, Darnold, we've seen how he's played. So if Matt Corral shows that promise, then why not? All right, Matthew he says here we ask, uh, how many wins does Matt Rule need to save his job? And if he's fired, who are we looking at to replace him? Okay, I think we're a little bit too early as far as who we, we're looking at to replace Matt Rule. Um Let's get to uh, let's get into the season, and then we can maybe answer that better because you never really know. Like I'm sure, like enemy, who re-signed again in Kansas City for one year, he'll be someone that we'll talk about. Um, maybe someone off of McVay's staff, like Raheem Morris, but he's a f- defensive guy. They brought Liam Cohen over, who was spending who spent time previously with Kentucky and had been with Sean McVay prior to that. That will be a name uh, that will be talked about. We'll see what happens to the Jets. Mike LaFleur, who's their OC. Those are just just throw it out there. Those are kind of names that maybe might be out on the coaching market next upcoming this upcoming season. Um, I would also think like Leslie Frazier up in um, Buffalo. He'll get another look. Um, Byron Leftwich. He'll be a name. So there's just those are some names. I'm just thinking off the top of my head that might be uh, talked about in the coaching carousel. Next year, depending upon how many jobs are available, of course, as far as wins, I don't know. I mean, if Matt Rule wins 10 or 11 games, you would probably think that he's going to keep his job. and That would should be enough, um, in a 17 game schedule, uh, to get the Panthers, especially in the NFC. In the way the NFC is looking right now, it's not as much of a bloodbath on paper as the AFC heading to 2022. That I would think if he wins 11 jo- games, like I would think, yeah, he's probably going to be here in 2023. Same thing of 10 games. I would think he's probably going to be here in 2023, but it's, you need context and that's really what's important. And if David Tepper really thinks everything's heading in the right direction, which I would say a 10 or 11-1 season would likely point to that, but maybe not. All right, another quick pause and then I'll answer the rest of your questions here on this a Thursday edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Mm-hmm. Our partners at Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, a few more questions here on this Thursday edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Let's go to Alex, who asks, which offseason edition, other than Icky, do you think will make the biggest impact next season? Well, I'm going to say on the offensive line, and I'm going to say Austin Corbett, and it's going to be it's going to be both him and Bradley Bozeman. I just think what they've done with the offensive line to give either Darnold or Walker or Matt Corral an honest chance. Coming up here in 2022, I think that was massive. They set out to do that, and they've done it. And I applaud Scott Fitterer for what he did in free agency with the with uh, Corbett and with um, Bozeman. And we did, of course, with the sixth overall pick. And not thinking too hard and just saying, "Hey, you know what? Let's get a Quanu. Let's break the wheel there at left tackle." So I would say that Corbett and Bozeman, the combination of those two guys on the interior of the offensive line, will have a major impact. For the carolina panthers here in 2022 all right andrew said hey julian hope you're doing well doing well andrew thank you i hope the same for you should we go ahead and release damien wilson at this point and can we save cap space by doing so seems like we could get down to a high tower as they saw mike linebacker the linebacker in defensive line still has me concerned it sucks because wilson looks like he would be an awesome addition all right well, let's go to uh our good old friend spot track let's go ahead and google there and find what a Damien Wilson's schedule or his contract is. I don't think getting rid of Damien Wilson is going to have any positive impact for the Carolina Panthers as far as cap space. And remember guys, cap space, like he's, his out is after this year. So if they were to cut him right now, they save $65,000. <laughs> oh, sorry, never mind. They saved $20,000 and they get dead cap 2.1 million this year and 1 million next year. So no, there's no, Cutting him is not going to help them financially at all. He doesn't have a huge contract anyway. It's not like he's taking up a ton of cap space as is, but it's an ongoing legal matter. And the Carolina Panthers should do their due diligence, let the league do what they have to do as far as the personal conduct policy and let the investigation down there in Frisco, Texas, uh, go on and find out what the details are and whether he's guilty or not. If he's innocent, then of course, let him play. But no, at this point in time, as it's ongoing, like are we going to cut Shai Smith? No, Let's let's wait. Let the law play out and see what happens and potentially he'll be out there for Carolina. But right now, no, don't don't cut him. Yes, you can look at guys like Dante Hightower. I think that the middle linebacker depth is uh, kind of lacking right now for Carolina. Uh, So we have to see what happens right now with that. So he was a good player last year. I don't think you want to bail on a guy who was a good player last season um, right now before everything has worked out there at the justice system. Final question this week. Ethan. Yeah, uh, asked, do you think we would feel better about quarterback if we got Willis? Do you think we could still draft a quarterback next year as well? Will Will be our coach next year? Will can be back? A lot of questions there. Will can be back? I would think probably not at this point. Um, will Will be our coach next year? I would probably say maybe. I don't know. David ever did really bring up the whole when I brought Matt here. We talked about, you know, five years, which that, that was news. Uh, maybe it'll be six. <laughs> we'll see. So I don't know. I don't. He's done a lot with the coaching staff. has done a great job with the roster building. It really just comes down to can the quarterback win enough games to help Matt Rule keep his job in 2023. Don't have a ton of confidence in Sam Darnold, although I think he'll be better. And, of course, I don't have a ton of confidence in P.J. Walker or Matt Corral at this point in time to think that those guys have a major enough impact at that position this season to save his job. So we'll. It's I'm probably like 70%. He's probably going to get fired. 30% will be back. We'll see. Um, as far as the Malik Willis thing, uh, I mean, I don't think, I, I feel like we would have any conversation at all about Willis playing this year, just based off of what the conversation was throughout the draft process that he needed a year. Like n- now Panther fans are kind of like, some people are patient. Others are like, what's see Matt Corral or, or they think that they'll, they'll see Matt Corral at some point this upcoming season. I don't think that would be the case at all for Malik Willis. I don't think. I wouldn't necessarily feel better about it. There's a the thought that he has the highest upside, but we gotta see it. So, and yeah, I, I do think they could still drop the quarterback next year. If the quarterback play this year is not great from Darnold, and considering that Corral's a third-round pick and just the history of those guys, they don't typically tend to turn into franchise quarterbacks. And if there's a guy who has even greater upside and talent sitting there wherever the Panthers might land, if they land in the top 10 next year. I don't see why they wouldn't go out there potentially and draft a quarterback. They thought that guy would be a better option for them long term than the guy that they just drafted at Ole Miss, that being Matt Corral. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, again hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Programming note later on tonight why it's important for you to subscribe to the show right here on YouTube. Going to go live reacting to the Carolina Panthers 2022 schedule. Who will they start off with? Who will they end with? Who will be their week 11 opponent? When will the bye be with what will be the Carolina Panthers record following the 2022 season? We'll talk about all that tonight. So subscribe here on YouTube to catch that show live. If you don't, Catch it live, that's okay. That will be Friday's podcast, which is why we did the mailbag today. And you can check that out on all the podcasting platforms out there: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey. and get your rate review and subscribe to the show there. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council so no. So next week you can participate in the weekly Friday mailbag that will actually be on a Friday. So either at me at Julian Council, DM me at Julian Council, or leave a comment on any of the YouTube shows from that week. Just put Friday mailbag and your name, and I'll get to your question next Friday. But in the meantime. Stay safe, keep pounding, and I will talk to y'all later tonight as the Carolina Panthers have their 2022 schedule. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.